we're good. Hi there, uh, everyone. My name is Deborah Kimmett, and um, I'm a comedian and a motivational speaker who talks to organizations about creativity and disruption. And I'm talking today with Miss Lisa Sansom. Sansom, so can you tell me about you, Lisa? Sure. Thanks, Deb. My name is Lisa Sansom. I am an organizational development consultant. I work with leaders and I work with teams within organizations to help them be better leaders, to help them be better teams, and to help them have great places to do work and thrive and flourish in their workplace. Wonderful. So as we uh, were talking, Lisa and I, we thought we'd come together and share uh, both of our experience in the area of storytelling. I'm uh, speaking to organizations right now specifically on how storytelling can impact leadership and especially in HR, how it can impact uh, leadership in HR. So I'll just go first, Lisa, and please jump in and we'll take this back and forth, but you know, for me as a, as a performer, I come from a theater background and there's two types of stories we tell. One is a scripted story that's been pre-written and it's uh, like a big piece of theater like uh, Phantom of the Opera or Jersey Boys and it's rehearsed and the story is very well orchestrated and then it's uh, produced and there's music and sound effects and costume designs and set designs. And then there is the story of uh, sort of an improvisational story, which is where I come from, which is a Second City improv story where you're making up the story as you go and you're using the techniques of improvisation as you go. And over the years, I have sort of used those two examples as parallels for business. We have a story in business that is our policy and the way we've mandated the way we work. And then we also have an improvisational part where we are using it to adapt uh, to ever-changing realities or improvising around our human beings and our workforce and sort of those two ideas of what story is. And um, you come at it from a different perspective and how does storytelling impact you when you're working with leaders? Yeah, a different perspective, but I would say very related because I see a lot of connections between the story work that you do and the story work that I do. A lot of my work, as I mentioned, is working with leaders and working with teams, and I do a lot of coaching. I also do a lot of speaking and training. The stories that people tell themselves are really important in organizations and there are different types of stories that people will tell themselves they tell themselves the stories about me how do i see myself as a leader how do i see myself as an employee how do i see myself as a person in this organization and in this system then there's the story i tell myself about other people who is my boss? What story do I tell myself about my boss? What story do I tell myself about my colleagues? What story do I tell myself about my clients and all these other people that I interact with? And then the third type of story, which really gets into organizational culture, is what sort of story am I telling myself about this place where I work? 
about this business, about this team, about this organization, about this culture. And sometimes those stories leak out to other people as well. So if I really right. like the place where I work, that's a story I tell myself, which is going to make it easier for me to like that place to work because we get these upward spirals. But I'm also going to tell other people that I like where I work. And now my organization is attracting high potential talent because they're getting good referrals. And you can imagine that if I dislike the place where I work and I'm telling myself that I'm getting negative spirals, I'm hurting myself, I'm making it a harder place for me to work, and I'm telling that to other people as well, which means my organizational culture is really not going to be very good. So storytelling okay. becomes really important. So in terms of this, um, in very practical terms, for me, um, one of the ways we uh, tell a story is when we hear information that's new, like um, we're going to have some uh, things changing in the organization, uh, with the way we do business is changing, or we're going to have a new form of technology. And, and as a leader, especially in HR, a lot of times they're the people that have to give the, the sort of, they have to hire a certain way, they have to fire a certain way, and then they also have to discipline a certain way. But they also have to convey a lot of information at times. And from my perspective is if you can tell a story around that information that you're giving out to your, your employees, that it'll resonate a lot more than just facts and information. Yeah. So that story itself is very powerful. That's one way of HR using examples, uh, using illustrations of ideas, stories as inspiration. And then the second piece, which is uh, how story impacts culture, which is what you just dealt with, is that the story that uh, we have in a company is a very powerful, um, it's a lot more powerful than the information we talk about. It's like the actual story and how we act out every day is very powerful. I was listening to someone on TED Talks and they said, your culture or the story that your, you know, your people are telling inside the culture will kick strategy's ass every time. Every time. Like, every yep. time. So we can have, oh, this is the press release we tell the public about our organization, but the culture inside the organization is the most powerful impact. Now, in terms of theater, we have a term, show me, don't tell me, yeah. when you tell a story. But in, in terms of, of how you're going to be thought of in HR, it's got to be a lot of show me what you mean, show me that you're an open door policy, because you can say you're that, but you really have to show it when I need you, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah, if HR has a policy, come to us, the door is always open, and then when you come, they hit you on the head. Then you start to not go to <laughs> HR, right? Yes. Yeah, so, hi, I'm from HR, I'm here to help, right? <laughs> yes, I'm here to help, but I'm going to be firing you. I'm apologizing. There's a, there's a little bit of a problem here. Um, and it's, it's really funny because when I went to work on this idea, I interviewed a lot of people about HR, and what I find humorous about HR, they might not find this humorous, but is the story other people in the organization talked about mm. HR being. And one of them was, this guy goes, yeah, we didn't even call it HR, we called it personnel. And uh, in those days it was Miss White and you'd, we were in a factory and we would have rather bled to death than got a Band-Aid from Miss White because she scared the 
she always reprimanded us for having an accident. And uh, and then I talked to a couple of other people about HR, and they go, you know, the people at the Christmas party, they're the two lonely people. And then oh. other people are like, oh, they're, they're, they're touchy-feely people. And I'm like, I, I actually find it humorous that the organization is telling its stories about HR based on how what their experience of HR has been, right? Yeah, and I think this is a really, really good point because that show me, don't tell me, HR does a lot of telling, right? HR does a lot of facts and figures, and here's how many people we hired, and here's the number who came with advanced degrees, and here's the number of positions we have open, and here's our turnover rate, and here's our retention rate, lots of facts and figures. And I think you point out a really good piece here. Not only do we love stories, our brains are configured for stories, stories are sticky, we remember stories, but you've got a whole bunch of people in an organization telling stories that they've kind of made up or gotten from a personal experience about HR. What are the stories that HR is telling the organization about HR? And how right. do they show and demonstrate that? Like HR could have a really proactive role in this, which I don't think they're thinking of, or they think they're doing it, but all they're doing is sharing numbers and facts, which don't stick. Right. And I, I think the, the piece, too, about any of this, the storytelling is, is storytelling, the why of storytelling, like is good storytelling needed in HR in order to survive in this current climate economically. Yeah, I, I really do think so. I mean, there's this, there's this kind of identity crisis that happens in HR where people in HR say, we are more than just operational, tactical hiring and firing machines. You know, we do more than just enforce policy. We are not the HR police. But then look at the actions, right? A lot of HR is hiring and firing and recruiting and being the HR police and telling people, no, you can't do this because our policy and so on and so forth. Like that is an important part of HR. Organizations need that. But if all you're doing is telling people, we can be your strategic partner, eh, not so much. But when you show people you can be a strategic partner, when you tell stories about strategic success that HR has been a part of, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're showing relevance. Now we're actually creating that world that HR wants to be a part of. Well, let me tell you one. I think you may have told me this story about Nordstrom, about the mm -hmm. tires, right? Well, yeah. you tell it. It's better. You tell it. It's yeah. better coming from you. Well, Nordstrom gets a lot of kudos and a lot of accolades for their customer service. And the story on the street, I have never applied for a job at Nordstrom myself. Let me just put that out there. But the word on the street is that Nordstrom's training manual is very small. And it basically says, use your best judgment at all times. So if you are dealing with a customer and the customer comes in with an issue, as the employee, I get to use my best judgment. And so there's the story of this man, this Nordstrom customer, who came in with a set of snow tires that he wanted to return. And the client service guy was like, okay, fine. You know, and he didn't have a receipt for them, but the client service guy was able to process it somehow and gave him his receipt and um, gave him his refund. And the guy goes off and he's very happy with the transaction. The kicker is Nordstrom doesn't sell winter tires. 
So I love they don't tell any tires. They don't tell any tires. So you know, the, he yeah. was really empowered to use his best judgment. Now that's yeah. a funny little isolated incident, but now this story is huge. This story has legs. And so when you get trained at Nordstrom and you're thinking, can I really use my best judgment at all times? And you hear this about the winter tires, that story says, yeah, we really live what we tell you. Well, I want to tell a couple of positive uh, things because I also think if HR doesn't tell, change the story about how they operate as HR, they will be extinct because more and more organizations don't have HR departments, right? So I think it's important, like you say, they get in on the action mm -hmm. and at, at the strategic level so that they are important, right? But there's some great companies that are doing it. I heard this this week is TD has... Um, gives a thousand dollar bonus to any customer service uh, person who gets rid of an outdated rule that they've made. <gasps> That's that fantastic. That that they that this rule is outdated. Um, another person I talked to in Kingston, Ontario, um, her motivation for her employees is that she said they're so afraid of failure because of all the policies that are in place of bills. Bill 168 and 138 and all this, mm -hmm. that she's given all of her staff one get-out-of-jail-free card if they make a mistake in customer service. They get a card and they don't, they can just tell her what it is and she will fix it for them. And this doesn't mean they get to bully or do anything wrong, no. but what it is, is it allows them to be a little more creative in the way they handle the front desk. And, it, and, and, and I just think these are really creative ways that HR can be involved. So not only are they helping the organization, but HR itself is making itself valuable to the organization it serves. You know what I mean? Like they're making yeah. themselves involved as business and the workforce has evolved. And then back to what you said about the show me, don't tell me, you know, let's say you're my boss and I go to you and I say, Deb, I really screwed up on this thing. You know, here's what happened. Can I have my get out of jail free card? And you completely non-judgmentally go into your desk, give me the get out of jail free card. You go and clean up my mess. Well, now I'm going to go tell people Deb really meant it. You know, she's a great yes. boss. She's a great manager. Yes. She had my back. She cleaned this up. She didn't yell at me at all. She supported me. And now we've started to change the culture and we've started to change the role of HR. And that's what's really powerful. And we want to say here, we're talking about the five pound weights. We're talking about those little things that people can make mistakes on yeah. when it's low risk. So that when you say to them, hey, we want your input, they'll have a, a, a culture to come forward and maybe make a few mistakes. Now, the piece that I think is important here is this is vital for the future of work cultures because we are asking employees to, um, well, the new kind of employee isn't going to stay as long. Yeah. Um, uh, hiring practices have to be different in HR um, because people aren't going to stay as long. So you need to engage your workforce. And engaging them in the workforce means, like through story, means that there's less absenteeism, there's mm -hmm. um, a less presenteeism, which I find funny. It's where people show up to work, but they're so busy thinking about their real life. Yeah. And, and, and also that they're not really there. But, but also when you have a workforce that's engaged a little bit, 
they start wanting the culture, they have some investment in the culture itself working, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, we've all heard the term, the war for talent, um, and especially with the millennial generation and with people who are coming into the workforce as brand new employees, you want to retain them, but their mindset is, I'm going to see what I can get from you in two or three years, and then I'm on to my next thing. And so at the very least, you'd like them to be on to their next thing within your company because you've already spent two or three years training them and having them move up as, you know, good employees who are actually productive. So if you can keep them within your same organization, that's critical. And to do that, you need a good culture because their switching costs are very low. They can really easily go somewhere else with their amazing skill set. So yes. if we've and got what, HR, uh, yeah. Well, also some HR consultants I was speaking with said not only – is that important but as just for instance the annual review mm. is so outdated that yeah. if you've got somebody good allow them to be able to move up in the organization quicker so you do have retention so that you do keep your talent so that's just like interesting ways of looking at the same issue so I think we should probably wrap this up but I yeah. wanted to say I think that the piece that you know I think we we're not I'm not an HR specialist I don't know the kind of pressure they're under but I do think that I can look to companies that do this uh, and try to change their culture through story well. Uh, our organizations like Google and Amazon and all these growth companies, and one of the things they do is they seem to do incremental changes so that when the big changes happen, they're ready. And so there's a practice in this that you kind of got to practice doing this. You can't just say, oh, that's a good idea, and then forget about it. You have to actually practice the concept of changing the story. So, you know, in order so that when a big thing happens, you're ready for it. So what um, what is one of the sort of takeaways we have or tips we could give, you could give, for people who want to change the story and how they're doing their HR job? I would say that the one story and again you know, like I like your analogy the five pound weights the little things share stories mm -hmm. about things that are going well share stories about yourself about your colleagues about your clients about the organization share what's going well and make sure those stories get out to the biggest broadest audience that you possibly can because then you're doing two things number one is that you know sharing good news is fun it's enjoyable it's uplifting you're probably making your life better and number two you're also changing the culture by bringing those good stories to light and that sets a positive foundation so people feel good about the company they feel good about the direction so when those big changes do happen they've got a lot more resilience and trust already built up and I would add and my tip will add to your tip yeah which please. is that um, I think my is that you know I read something that leaders in general under communicate by like a hundred percent less than they have to and so um, I like to follow the ant colonies. Um, ants are the most efficient organization in the world. They, but they know when to lead, they know when to follow. They're always looking for new ideas and food sources. But the biggest thing they have going for them is an incredible communication sort of thing. So that, that they know when, okay, there's a kid with a firecracker, there's a picnic down the road. They, like they tell each other, you know, they announce it. 
And in an organization, we allow bad news to travel really quickly. Yeah. But often we're very tight uh, to our chest when it comes to good news. So I would say, like you, communicate the good news and then over-communicate the good news by a factor of 10. so Because people have to hear things over and over to outdo it. Like they need good things to be something like nine times for every one bad thing they hear, right? So if you're an HR leader and wanting to impact the culture, know that you're going to have to communicate that good news more frequently in order for it to sound and, and feel real. Awesome. I agree completely. Yeah. Okay, my dear, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. And Lisa, can you give us uh, your web page in case someone would want to hire you to coach? Yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, learn more, see what I do, my website is www.lvsconsulting.com. My name is Lisa Sansom, and you can Google search me, Lisa Sansom Organizational Development, Lisa Sansom Coaching, usually it comes up. Great, great. And I'm Deborah Kimmett at www.kimmett, K-I-M-M-E-T-T dot C. And I basically do kind of motivation and humorous uh, keynotes. And so you can contact me there and see if I'm a good fit for your next event. Thank you and have a great day. Thanks, Deb. Bye.